Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast, hosted by Enterprise Management Associates, an industry-leading IT analyst research firm that provides deep insights across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. The Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast will take a deep dive into the security topics that are top of mind for information security practitioners, IT professionals, and technology business leaders. Join security experts Chris Steffen, VP of Research at EMA, and Ken Buckler, Research Analyst at EMA, for some truly awesome topics. Chris and Ken, take it away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast. I am your host. My name is Chris Steffen. Joining me today, we actually have a number of people joining me today. As usual, my friend and colleague Ken Buckler is here and will participate in the conversation, but I also have a couple of guest podcasters today. One is Amy Kaler, who is the Director of Operations for EMA, and another one is Taylor Hadley, who is Vice President and Chief Muckety Muck at Launch Tech. The reason that I have these esteemed guests and colleagues here is we're going to talk a little bit today about the changing landscape of the analyst world. Let me get into that a little bit. I really kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what the purpose of the analyst community is, how they serve the average customer, how they serve people listening to this podcast, how that role is kind of changing over time, and really how you can engage with analysts to make things happen, to influence research, so on and so forth. So again, very informal conversation. We're only going to talk for 15, 20 minutes, but these people really do know what it's like to deal with analysts a whole day. Taylor and Amy spend their whole days talking to people like me, which I think that's wonderful, but they probably have a different opinion. So I definitely wanted to get their opinions on how the analyst community kind of has changed and is morphing and, and can be used by the average person. So with that, I'm going to give Amy and Taylor a quick chance to introduce themselves. Taylor, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Thanks so much, Chris. Really glad to join the conversation today. So like Chris introduced, my name is Taylor Hadley. I am Vice President at Launch Tech Communications. And Chris, thank you so much for that extra title, because I do think it's hilarious and accurate that we're doing so much over here. Um, but of course, here to talk about the anal analyst relations aspect of what Launch Tech does with our clients, which includes cybersecurity companies, technology vendors. Um, we really are focused in this space very heavily. So yeah, glad to join you and to dig in a little bit on this topic. Thank you, Taylor. And then Amy, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Um, again, my name is Amy Kaler. I'm the Director of Operations here at Enterprise Management Associates. My job consists of primarily working with analyst relations folks like Taylor to establish good relations with vendors who have new and exciting products in the space and just making sure that we are making people seen who need to be seen. To get started here, I am going to go to my friend Ken. Ken is the noob here. Ken is the newest of the crew that you have online here. And talk a little bit about when you became an analyst, what your expectations were what your relationship with analysts were in the past, so on and so forth. And then we'll kind of take it from there. Sure. So, you know, when I joined EMA and it's been what, oh gosh, about year and a half now, almost two years uh, coming up, I didn't have a lot of expectations. You know, I, I was really excited to dive more into the analyst world, learn more in depth what analysts do. Now, I had had some previous interaction with uh, analysts who were not from EMA. They were from other uh, analyst firms. And, you know, 
some of those interactions were, you know, very vendor neutral. Some of those interactions were not very vendor neutral. Um, you know, and I can say that one of the things I absolutely love about being in this space where I'm at is how vendor neutral we are here and being able to dive into some of the more important topics when it comes to, to cybersecurity and, and, of course, IT in general and look at what is going on in the industry and what needs fixed and actually make data-driven reports based upon what I actually see going on in the industry and make sound recommendations for how to better approach things, not necessarily install this tool, but here's how you should leverage this technology. And that, that's the, the thing I really love about the analyst space, and it's why it's probably so important to the industry. Yeah, when I started, I started EMA going on four years ago now. I, strangely enough, one of the first real analyst experiences that I had was with EMA. I actually was taking and doing some things for another company and talking about products and, and kind of acting as a, a spokesperson for them, you know, a customer reference. And uh, EMA approached me and we chatted quite a bit and so on and so forth. And I really enjoyed that aspect. Obviously, further in my career, interacted with analysts a lot, continued to interact with analysts until really coming to EMA specifically. And I, I get a lot of the same things that you do. I like being able to provide a vendor neutral approach to current events, to technologies, to solutions that you wouldn't necessarily be able to get. One of the things that EMA, and I'm not making commentary on any other analysts, I'll, we'll go to Taylor in a minute and I'll get that opinion, but we are extremely not pay to play. We basically take in and kind of tell it how it is. And yes, we're happy to have sponsors. Yes, we're happy to get feedback from other vendors and solutions. But at the end of the day, you're going to get the, the reality of how we see it, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And sometimes the analyst community is not necessarily that way. Taylor, I know you've been doing this for a long time. Is that kind of how you see it? And how do you see the analyst world kind of shifting? Absolutely. I, and I love the word shifting because over the last 10 years, I think there has been absolutely a change in the approach with the way that not only the analyst community is doing their work and you know pursuing research and evaluating technology, but also in the way that they are you know, working with the vendor community to achieve those, you know, those results and those reports and the findings, right? Because that's really what this is all about is what types of technologies are most needed, especially in the cybersecurity industry, when we're really talking about things that are make or break, protecting enterprises, protecting government networks, things that really matter here, you know, which solutions are actually meeting their promises, which solutions are smoke, you know, and mirrors, so I think the value of the analyst community today is to really add a level of validation, credibility as the in-between to a lot of the vendors out there because gosh knows the space is so crowded today and helping those you know, decision makers, the security buyers sift through, okay, what actually is going to be a difference maker for me? And so I think we're moving in a direction where you know the old quadrant model is perhaps not the best fit for evaluating and promoting different technologies to different users, because at the end of the day, new emerging technologies are building their brands and building their solutions with very distinct differentiators. So it's really hard today to say that one technology is above and beyond the choice in this you know, market, 
for an organization when in fact other solutions may have different benefits that are more appropriate for those environments. So that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of change. We're seeing a lot of change in um, both ends, you know, the, the vendors and the analyst community. Um, but we think it's coming together nicely. And we think more organizations are understanding. And by organizations, I mean, you know, the, the emerging companies and maybe some of those more mid-tier cybersecurity vendors are starting to understand the value of what the analyst community is doing. Yeah, you're a lot nicer than I am. I, I mean, you, you basically talk about the the fact that you have customers that are taking in and solution providers that are maybe not delivering. I call complete BS on any of those people, and we do it all the time, right? There, when you go to a conference like RSA, and there's 70 different vendors that are providing the XDR solution of the future, I, there aren't 70 XDR providers that are worth a damn. Mm -hmm. They have something that I like to call vaporware. Um, they have quote unquote aspirational features, features that they couldn't even dream of actually making work, but they, they're hoping that if they hope hard enough that they'll have them someday and they're selling that. And one of the ways that a customer, and, and again, really small, medium-sized customers can make sense of it is by taking and working with an analyst and really getting a, a, a fair assessment of what's going on in the industry over a particular product. And one that might be actually very much tailored to, no pun intended, <laughs> tailored to that analyst and that in, that company, that organization specifically. And so I have always appreciated what Go Launch Tech has done. Um, it, it's always been very, very valuable to me. And I really appreciate where you guys focus and so on and so forth. And Chris, one thing I'll add on that is that from where we sit, you know, Launch Tech Communications at our root is a public relations firm. And we are big, big believers in the analyst relations service as part of our offerings, because one of my favorite things, and this is, you know, for what it's worth, I love to have an early stage company come in. You know, we go back and forth. They do some marketing because we don't do marketing. You know, PR and marketing are distinct uh, initiatives. And so we are helping with maybe some of that awareness, media relations. Um, again, that word relations is very big for us at LaunchTech. So analyst relations as well. And I love to have a company, I love to put a company in a position to receive a little bit of tough love. So for example, they might have the answer to a lot of problems in cybersecurity, but they might not be able to explain it well enough that anyone will even believe them or know or understand how they're trying to help. So oftentimes when we make connections for clients with analysts, even if it's a first time introduction, just to your point, Chris, you know, telling them how it is and repeating back to them what you're hearing and why it doesn't make sense goes such a long way. And I think that's a really underrated piece of, you know, the idea of engaging with analysts is it's not necessarily just to be featured in a report, but it's also to have this feedback loop where you are shouting into an echo chamber to your target customers or to your sales team or to your board, but to have this outside opinion who is an experienced analyst and has maybe even heard from your competitors firsthand. I just think that that tough love and that harsh feedback sometimes can go so far. I couldn't agree with you more. It's one of my favorite parts. And, and again, LaunchTech has been awesome about bringing us what I consider to be truly innovative and differentiated things in the market and talking about all this. And by the way, this is not a LaunchTech commercial by any means. This is really what Taylor is good at. And that's why I actually asked her personally to come on the podcast because they do this stuff really, really well. And I want others to be able to gain some of that experience. So again, re really appreciate you coming in and talking specifically about that because this is, again, this is fundamentally what I think 
the analyst community brings to startup companies, to the new innovators that are spending a lot of time and effort doing the innovation and don't have the marketing, the PR, the AR teams to be able to get their product out there, but still want analysts like me to be able to hear about it. So unbelievably thankful for your your skills and, and your company. And I can tell you that my good friend Amy here is also thankful. Amy basically takes and coordinates with all the different companies that are out there, making certain that we, the analysts, get to have some of those conversations. Amy, over the years, I know you've done this for a long time too. Tell me about the companies that you deal with and how they react to having an opportunity to speak with an analyst. And tell me if you think some of that has changed over the last few years or so. Absolutely. I think there's been a huge shift, I would say, even in the last 12 to 14 months. Because if you had asked me, you know, three or four years ago, what the bane of my existence was, my answer absolutely would have been, when I reach out to an exciting startup or a vendor with a brand new product to try and get a briefing for one of our analysts, often they would say, I don't understand what analyst relations is. What do you mean by AR? We don't have people who do that. And that's one of the things that companies like LaunchTech have really, really strengthened is that we rarely have that problem anymore, which is so encouraging and exciting. The issue that we're running into recently, and I'm not sure if this is just a trend that happened this year for completely independent reasons, or if this is just the way the marketplace is going. But now it's getting harder for people to see sometimes the value in speaking with an analyst. I can't tell you how many times I've reached out to people and they have said, oh, we're actually at capacity for analyst briefings. We can't do anymore. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means because that, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Or worse, they say, hey, we actually don't do analyst briefings as a company. And some of these companies who are not doing analyst briefings are pretty big. And I've been very shocked, um, especially in the last, I think I said 12, 14 months, how many companies are giving us that response, which, um, again, I'm not sure where that mentality is coming from, but it has definitely been a surprise. Amen. Yeah, it's shocking to me, too. Oh, go ahead, Taylor. Well, I was just going to say that quickly that I have to laugh at that because one of the things that we see, you know, we might bring on a client and they they opt not to, you know, have us engage on analyst relations, either out of the gate or at all whatever the case may be for the engagement that we are working with them on. But we often will see, you know, down the road, that company will get mentioned in an analyst report or in a, a you know, a briefing that an analyst puts together online. And some of the information about the company may just be completely, uh, act, you know, not accurate, factually incorrect, or just maybe not the best, most favorable description that they would have used to describe themselves. And, you know, we have them do a little digging and it turns out, the analyst firm may not have done the best approach for trying to reach out. Maybe they sent one email, then gave up, and then started using publicly available information. But the company realizes whoever was monitoring that info at email address where the request came for more information firsthand from that analyst team just was overlooked, completely ignored. They didn't think it was important. They didn't pass it up the chain. And so there we see you know, companies that are actively not engaging in the analyst relations world. And then they're being mentioned based on the information that is publicly available about them and they don't like what they see. So I just think that is kind of the most interesting dynamic. Yeah, I'll actually add too, I, we cover, and Taylor knows this, we've talked about it before. At any given time, Ken and I cover somewhere between 700 and 800 different companies. And I'd love to say that we know every single one of them very, very intimately. I promise you we don't. It's not because we don't want to, but there's literally only so many minutes in a day. And so there's a lot of stuff that we get that's, you know, we have 
somebody like Amy or a business development person go look up, can you tell me what's going on with this, that, and the other thing? Has there been any updates? So on and so forth. We depend on Taylor and, and the people that, that Taylor employs to take and get some of that other information just to keep us in the loop. We may not be taking and doing a ton of research on tiddlywinks, but my goodness, if we are, we sure want to know what's going on at any given time. And so there's that challenge too. There is a lot, as Taylor mentioned, a lot of companies in the security space. I mean, a lot. And there are, as I mentioned, jokingly, but not jokingly, you know, 60 or 70 companies that think that they are the greatest XDR provider in the world. That's not true. We only need to talk to about 10 or 12 of them because those are the ones that are actually doing real business. But it doesn't mean that the other ones are completely irrelevant. We want to know everything that's going on in the industry, especially when something important is going on. But we're all trying to work together to try to give the best visibility we can to innovations and differentiated products and the best solutions out there. I'm going to close by telling you that the analysts that you hear here, the analysts that you deal with by and large, are not the bad guys. We really do want to promote and talk about good things. It is not my job to tear down other companies, especially those that are trying to innovate in this space. I want to take and help you. Help me help you take and get that information out to the world. It is a challenge. It's a challenge in the best days, but we all work, all of us on this call, this podcast together, work to make certain that that information gets out the best that we can. With that, I want to take and give everybody a quick opportunity for a closing statement. Ken, we'll start with you. You know, one of the things I love about the analyst space is that I get to be in the unique position where I know that not every technology is going to be uh, the, a fit for every company. There's going to be some technologies out there that they are absolutely innovative technologies, fantastic technologies, work absolutely great for a certain Martin, Martin, ah, market segment, but not for every single company. And that is the case for every single technology out there. There is no technology out there that works for every single company. And to be able to help guide the those companies towards the right technologies that are the right fit for them, not only does that provide satisfaction to me, that helps create a safer industry, that helps create a more secure industry. And that's why I love the analyst industry so much. That's awesome. Amy, any last words? I would say just for anybody listening, if you have not considered creating an analyst relations role or working with a company like LaunchTech who can really strengthen those relationships for you, please do it because that not only makes things so much easier from the analyst side, but as Taylor was mentioning, that makes things completely different for your company from a PR perspective, but also sometimes tying into, you know, promoting your new product or your vision that you have. And I think we really should just not underestimate how important it is to make sure you have designated analyst relations teams. Excellent. Taylor. Thanks. Yeah, I think, Amy, you know, piggybacking off of what you said, appreciate the shout out. And I think in general, you know, it's up to companies and the Launch Tech uh, Managing Director, Wayne Sheppens, always loves to explain it like, a team like ours helps your whole company get smart. So analyst relations, you know, when you only have one person managing briefings, making sure the analysts are updated, you know, it, it can get a lot. And usually that's not a person's full-time job, especially in these types of early stage companies that we're talking about, or even some of the bigger companies, it's hard to dedicate one 
person to this role. So having a, a person dedicated or a team dedicated to analyst relations can really help, you know, spread that information further up the chain, make sure the whole company understands where does the analyst community stand on your market, on your category, on the definition of your benefits and the things that you're bringing to the table and on your company itself. How would, if I called up any analyst at the number of analyst firms that we work with, how would each of them define your category? It's probably different. How would each of them describe your company and what you do very quickly? It would probably be different. So the more effort you put into educating the analyst community from firsthand you know, information from your mouth, the better off that you'll be as you're represented out in the market. And I'll just add one more thing, you know, uh, Chris and Ken, to your points about, you know, being in that position where you're trying to, you know, bring those innovators to light from our perspective, analysts really, it's in your best interest to, to know the space, to be right. And to, you know, have a sound understanding of what is going on because you are the type of influencers that, our vendors are trying to influence. You have your own audience that would benefit our clients reaching, right? We want security vendors to be able to reach through to decision makers and, um, you know, those security uh, buyers through you. And that's a, a form of validation. And I just think it can go such a long way. And we've seen it, as we all talked about, it's evolved over the years. And there really is a place uh, for the analyst community to have that impact on the on the cybersecurity posture of companies. Well, with that, I think that we've exhausted this, at least at the 100,000 foot level. But again, it's one of those things where it's really obviously very important to Ken and I and Amy as an analyst firm to be able to go out there and talk with folks. I know it's obviously very important to Taylor. This is what she does for a living, too. And, and to give people kind of an understanding and a perspective on what analysts do and why the analyst community is important and really not out to just get you, I think it's a really good conversation to have. As always, if you have questions about today's topic, let me know. Um, you can go to golaunchtech.com to see what Taylor and her team do every day. Um, obviously, you are always welcome to take and link with me on LinkedIn and Ken and Amy and Taylor on LinkedIn. And we'll always be happy to answer questions there. With that, thanks for listening and have a great day. Thanks, Chris and Ken, for all your great insights on today's topic. Make your next podcast awesome when you work with EMA security experts Chris Steffen or Ken Buckler. Educate your prospects, differentiate your solution, and add the credibility of a third-party expert to your message. Visit cybersecurityawesomeness.com to listen to past episodes.